Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome back to Foreign Takes. Um, who's here today? It is my, you feral clown, Big Lev. Big Lev. Uh, there's no KG. What happened to Mr. KG? Uh, dude, sad story. KG had to be committed to an institution <laughs> after, <laughs> after watching United crash out of the only trophy they could realistically win this year. So, you know, we, we, we all wish him speedy recovery. And, uh, you know, no one mail him any robes. Oh, wow, wow. That's... I hope no one replays this to him in the mental institution. He might lose his mind. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't allow media in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to KG. He's on a little break, mental yeah. break from, from, the, from, from football. Um, what are we going to talk about today, Mr. Big Love? Yeah, today we're going to concentrate on Premier League because there's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, to be transparent with our viewers, we also didn't watch a lot of other football because some of us were deep underwater. Deep, what were you doing? Our I was trying to escape <laughs> my demons. <laughs> usually, people escape their demons, you know, getting high, not going underwater. Uh, you know, you can get high underwater. It's oh, highly unrecommended. But <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get the bends, my friend. Uh, what were you doing Bro. underwater? Well, health is wealth. I was doing my scuba certification. Oh, that's awesome. Yo, mm. shout out, man. We gotta go diving at some stage. It's totally we worth should. it. We should. We should. I can't we wait. We go um. diving like Neymar, bro. <laughs> the perennial diver himself. Oh, man. my God. I think we should talk about the the freshest game, which was Spurs 1, Chelsea 4. Yeah. Okay. Big love. Did you expect this score? Uh, I did not expect that score. And also, to be fair, that score wouldn't have happened if the Costa, Costa the Spurs manager, whatever the fuck his last name is, didn't play this inexplicable high line with nine people. We, bro, we were watching the game, and it's like there's Spurs at the midfield high line, and there's like four and four Chelsea players on each side just go, getting through, getting through, getting through. They could have had, like, ten. They could have had just, ten. Chelsea were so bad. In, like, they, that's that's the thing, is, like, people are shitting on Ange, and I'm like, no, no, the person you should be shitting on is the Spurs, the, sorry, the Chelsea team, right? It's like, they yeah. should have scored at least nine goals with that high line. They had, like, 35 minutes to do it. That was... My takeaway from that game was Chelsea are so bad attacking attacking that like yeah it finished one four but it was a joke how bad they were. Truly. Like, I honestly it was very close to finishing one one. Yeah. It just they all just first had to drop back off a little bit. And then I was like there's nothing like Chelsea couldn't do. Like they couldn't do you know if you if you played FIFA and you played like easy mode like if you played some easier <laughs> difficulties and you get a couple of like fast players you're always like kind of going yeah one on one and if you dick around too much you could like not score that much uh, until you want to that's what like chelsea looked like they would get this ball they would run away you'd think this is for sure a goal and somehow they managed to like bamboozle themselves into nothingness <laughs> Shocking. Let's walk through the game quickly. So, yeah. I think there was two red cards. Like, there was the Romero red card. Um, okay, was it a red card or not, in your opinion? 100%, man. 100%, right? And also, yeah. He, yeah. He, 
he's gotten away with not getting red cards for so many games in the last like year and a half. It's finally catching up to him, right? It's, it's absolutely yeah. a red card. Okay. Then the next one is the Destiny Urogi one. He got two yellows. The second one, the second yellow, I don't know what he was thinking, right? It's like, why would you go slide tackling when you're at the wrong angle, when you're already on a yellow and you're down to 10 men already? Yeah. It yeah, just that was like a stupid play. Yeah, right. I, I think it's one of the. I think he just had a brain fart. Right, he's just a young kid, like first season in the Premier League. It, it seemed like he just completely. He he knew yeah. he made a mistake. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, funny how Spurs, uh, how the turntables have turned. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like all the karma accumulated yeah. the last ten games. All Dude, came Spurs in one got wrecked. Madison injured, two Reds, Van de Beek injured. Van Just de Ven. Like, Van de Ven, yeah, yeah. Van de Ven his injured. was bad too, right? His was like and a hamstring. He looks like he was yeah, completely he's finished. He's out for like weeks, if not months. And I think Madison was pretty badly injured too. I don't know how like if they had a scan on him yet. But it was just everything that went well for Spurs. And it's funny because last week we had like, hey, what's going to happen when something <laughs> goes bad? And it just immediately everything just collapsed. Completely. And also, yeah. Richarlison is out for a couple months, I think. Or yeah, at least till yeah, December. Yeah, He's also... So, I'm like... They, they're completely drained already, right? It's like they're, they're already down at least three of their starting players are already out now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, a question is... Okay, you know, we're talking about the high line. So, I think in our group chat, uh, actually, I think they gave him his phone, Mr. Mental Institution, and we were chatting yeah. a little back and forth. And I, I think here's my take. I actually liked the idea of playing the high line for the first few minutes, right? Because it's so unexpected, and Chelsea were so bad. It took yeah. them, it took Chelsea twenty minutes to figure out what to do against a nine-person high line. I think Ange actually did okay. He should have just reverted it after the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes, right? Like you do that, you see they can't figure it out. As soon as the first one that they were about to figure out, he should have then done the thing where you stick all of nine players yeah. back into the box and actually try to defend, right? I feel like they might have actually survived a full 35 minutes that way. Yeah, when um, Pochettino brought on Mudrik, you should have seen that as he he figured out that, oh, what I have to do is bring on fast players, ball over the top, this high line is going to fall apart, and there's like, I have advantage to have advent, like uh, numerical advantage in attack. Yeah. Because initially they couldn't figure it out they were either going too wide or they were going offside every time because they couldn't figure out what was happening. But then at the end, like you could see multiple times they were like getting closer and closer and closer. And if Nicholas Jackson was an absolute joke, they he would have had like two times the hat trick. <laughs> okay. Uh, how, how do you... Okay, let, let's be... I think, I think we can now definitively say that, you know, we were like, oh, maybe he'll come good. Maybe... He's terrible, right? Like we, we all admit he's a terrible number. Uh, dude, I, I don't want to be that guy who like shits on young players who are just trying to find his form. But that was I, I literally like we, we have a joke, like we have him in our FIFA career mode uh, as a striker and he's amazing. But I, I, I really don't like him and like in FIFA and here I was like the moment he scored his hat trick, I texted my friend, worst hat trick I ever seen. Two tap-ins, and the third was just like it got bundled up in his legs, and somehow, somehow he managed to get around the goalkeeper, and then he pissed off Mudrik. He was like, um, "Oh man!" And then Mudrik 
crossed to him in a very good position, completely skied it. Completely. And like, he probably missed, like, three other sitters. Like, he could have had, like, five, six goals. I think and you can definitely he, say that's yeah. the, hall, the worst hat-trick Hall of Fame, right? Like, you truly, yeah. that was the worst hat-trick of all, of all time. Yeah, there was, like, two terrible tap-ins, one kind of weird goal, and just so many missed chances, man. So many missed chances. Um, on the Chelsea side, though, I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, they got the win, but I think they actually... They proved how terrible they are despite yeah. a 4-1 win, right? That's that's my takeaway from this game is that Chelsea are completely terrible. Yeah, I wouldn't t- like I wouldn't if I was a Chelsea supporter, I wouldn't be like, oh, what a great win for us. <laughs> if anything, they were so close to finishing 2-2. If Daher was like just slightly more <laughs> behind. Uh now ah. the Chelsea Yeah. Terrible. Because imagine if it was City playing uh, nine men Spurs for 35 minutes. With that highlight. It would have been like 10-0. 10 yeah. Actually, yeah. wait, genuine question. Like, it, it would would they have reached 10 goals? Would like would another team have reached 10 goals playing against the Spurs high line when they were down to 10 men? Well, no, because I, I, I think probably Spurs would have stopped to the high line after like the sixth or seventh goal. But <laughs> I mean, they didn't yeah. stop after yeah. four, right? No, no, it, so... it would be bad. Like, it would have been bad. Because, uh, I mean, we've seen some incredible scores. I, I feel like high-scoring games between big teams have become more common. Like, 7-0 Liverpool United. And that yeah. was like 11-man United. <laughs> so, like, uh, 6-3 City United. Uh, this was some years ago. 8-2 United yeah. Arsenal. I think Arsenal bit. Five three Chelsea, like yeah. so, like it could definitely it's kind of ridiculous. Just, like, yeah, ah, shocking. Um... Anyway, from a high scoring game to another low scoring game, it was uh, Luton one, Liverpool one, and you know, I have to say, Big Lev, your team was. Completely fucking lucky because I don't know where this losing team came from. They deserve they deserve the draw, but honestly, I could have said they almost deserved the win as well. Because I, what is wrong with Liverpool? Like, how can they play amazing one week and without any change in personnel, play so low energy the upcoming week? Like, what is what is going on with them? Um, so I'm so glad I was under the water for this game. And didn't have to face. Uh, <laughs> So I, I don't think it's a week in, week out. It's just this specific game, it left the impression if they just were so sure that they were going to beat Luton that they didn't really thought about showing up. It was like one of the... Like, I, I saw the highlights and some of those early chances. like They, they were kind of like going for cool goals or spectacular or like not really giving their own. Because they were so sure that Luton is so trash that, like, there's no way we can't win this. And they got what they deserved. Like, uh, Luton showed or up. Or even, like, even, like, yeah. L- Luton played, like, if Luton played this the way they played against Liverpool, against other teams, I'm not saying they're going to survive, but they actually will give themselves a chance to be able to have a battling chance, you know, when it comes to the last three, four weeks. Like, they genuinely were outplaying Liverpool. Like, the counter-attack was a perfect execution, right? Yeah. We, we, we agree. There was, it was the perfect, from literally from defending your corner to scoring, I think it was maybe 12 seconds, three passes, 
bam, goal. It was like a fantastic goal, right? You have to give it to them. I mean, yeah, it was a counterattack. Um, they had plenty of space. It was well done. Um, it's the counterattack like, that Liverpool has done happens, to teams. This happens every every year. There's a, some terrible team that's going to surprise you once. So I wouldn't, yeah, if they play like this, but they haven't showed that they can play like this, uh, just showing up against Liverpool doesn't mean anything. Yeah, fair and enough. I've seen many teams show up against some one big team and just frustrate them and then just get relegated by, you know, April. Yeah, fair so, enough. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, about, we're talking about the goal. Uh, it obviously comes from a, the counter from the, the defending. So Van Dijk had a header. It hit mm-hmm. Ross. Ross Barkley was completely turned around for the listeners yeah. who didn't watch, and it hit the back of his elbow. Um, was it a? What is it? A penalty slash handball? Like, would you have called it? No, no. I, I watched it. I rewatched it. I rewatched it. I was like, if that was called against Liverpool, I'd be very upset. So Barkley jumped. He was coming down and with his back to the ball, and his hand was like slightly to the side after he jumped. So, like, if you gave a penalty on that, it would be very unfair because the hand was a natural position for someone who's coming down from a jump. It wasn't, like, out yeah. very much from his body. And also, he can, couldn't, didn't see where the ball was. So, so, it's not like he tried to, like, interfere. So, yeah, no, I don't think, like, like an objective Liverpool fan shouldn't have, you know complains that that should have been a penalty yeah um, fair enough yeah but the you know so, if, if what about uh we have to talk about darwin nunez right like we have to oh man it's so the, so he's a he's so frustrating because see at the midweek at bournemouth he missed an absolute sitter then they scored like an amazing goal here um i didn't see the sitter i i saw the sitter he missed but he had two other chances. He could have had a hat-trick that day. And it just... He needs to, like... He's just... He needs to just, you know, trust his uh, instinct. Because when he has time to think, he's just like... I don't know why he does it. <laughs> Bro, just do what you did against Newcastle. Don't think about it. Just do... Because he, like, he has ability... He has he's played much better this year overall. He's a great option as because he's like different from every one of our other attackers because he has power and pace, but essentially like a number nine's pace and power and positioning. So he always like creates spaces. He just I don't know. I, I hope this is the last I we have to talk about this, but like if by January he has this hit and miss games, uh it's becoming hard to then be like, he can't be more than like an impact player, and no one wants an eighty million impact player. Yeah, fair enough. The thing is, you sometimes you watch him and you're like, this guy has the biggest potential from in, in the Premier League. You look at him and you're like, his absolute speed, his power, his runs. Sometimes he does the technical things, and you're like, he he has the potential to be one of the best players in the Premier League. And then yeah. he just does stuff like this, where I, it, it truly like I, you know, I was uh, I was thinking about it. Like, if you tried to do that ten times, would he even miss the next ten, or would he score all ten? You actually have no idea, right? It yeah. is truly random with him. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. And, I think uh, the- another thing, like the last thing I want to say about Liverpool, we that we badly need to get Andre or or a, like a big 
um, number six in January because I was rewatching the game and just like I, I was looking at McAllister trying to get back and do what a CDM has to do. He's, he's just work. not that guy. Yeah. Like he's good. That three man Liverpool midfield is great against some teams, but you can't have just those three guys and then the quality kind of gets questionable, especially with Thiago still hasn't played, I think, this year. Yeah, still hasn't. You can't rely on him. I have a question for you, though. Then, is it, do you think that, like, we talked about this last week, it's like the games where you think you'll have complete domination of possession. Yeah. Uh, is a good game to have McAllister as a six because, you know, you're going to be playing the ball a lot. But this yeah. game, I think Luton just showed up, right? I think it was one yeah. of those that it just happened to be that Luton actually played with power and pace and were actually yeah. trying to get at Liverpool. But, th- like, you're not going to survive any other games, right? It's like, what happens when Sheffield... Like, what happens if Sheffield comes up for the game? They're going to do the same thing again. It- it's McAllister is the problem in that base right now, I think, truly. Like, they yeah. really need to sol- resolve that team as a Liverpool. Is Endo injured, or is he just not trusting him yet? Um, I think he was injured. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, but like not long term. Okay. Yeah, you guys are gonna need him back. Um, I think next game was Forest to Villa zero. Honestly, there's not much to say about this game. It was just like uh, there was no energy by Villa. But I, did you did you manage to catch the goal that Martinez conceded? I I did not. No. Okay. All I will say is. There's an irony in Martinez winning the best goalie of the year and then proceeding up. <sighs> it was like it was one of the easiest saves you can imagine, but he hit it in a way that it then spun. You know these, you know Instagram you, you see where they they save it, but the ball spins backwards and goes back into goal. Yeah, I just have no idea what Martinez does sometimes. You know, I think he was drunk. Honestly, um, I think, yeah, not not I even mean, worth. He he's not like he's he had the great you know of course World Cup but like this whole golden ball was just a joke man it's just like yeah if you did good in World Cup everyone just voted for you and then if you saw like the there was this good um, screenshot of who the Norwegian um, journalist voted for in the top five and who the Argentinian journalist voted for so. Yeah, Norwegian first one was Haaland, but then it was Messi, Mbappe, like everyone else was different. Okay. And then uh, Argentinian was like four Argentina players, and then Mbappe kind of in, in there, just, just as a token, token, you know, because you <laughs> you can't really not put Mbappe after he scored. It's the so stupid. Goal. But yeah, it was like, come on, man! Like, no, Martinez is not a top five. Okay. No, he's not, right? It's obviously, uh, like, you have to have, like, Courtois and, like, the actual, truly, I mean, Allison. Yeah, I mean, come on. Come on, yeah. It's, it was a joke. It's yeah, a joke. He's great. He's always going to be remembered for that. But, like, he's not a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Listen, if he was you know, a good goalkeeper, he would still be at Arsenal. Yeah. Listen, I love Divu, but uh, as an Arsenal, yeah. you know, he's an OG. But, I'm sorry, he's not the best goalie. It's just kind of ridiculous. Uh Another terrible game worth discussing. And, of course, Mr. Mensal Institution was absolutely losing his mind in the chat. <laughs> I think th- this game might have actually done permanent damage to, to his mental state, to be honest. Yeah. Was Fulham 0, Man United 1. I think it was a 93rd minute winner by the rat face himself, Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Um, Hag survives another day. I have to say, what a fucking snore fest of a game, right? I was watching it on match of the day and I just I was falling in and out of consciousness. <laughs> it was so bad. 
it's so bad. I, <laughs> honestly, you know why? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'll try not to skip ahead too much. But United, like, I want to support Ten Hag, but he deserves this for paying 80 million for Anthony when uh, Count Dooku was still running around at Rennes. Man, Count Dooku was amazing in Euro 2012. I was like, someone get Count Dooku. And I, I'm, I, I'm sad Liverpool didn't get him, but like I can't complain about our attacking options. But the fact that he was still at Rennes until this year is insane. Did you see what he did? We'll get to that. But like, and then you have this just circus clown <laughs> juggler who doesn't really do anything. And then, yeah, you paid 85 million for him. Terrible. You have this guy who fed some kids and now thinks he's too good to show up and actually, you know, train with the team. You have a guy who's always injured. Bro, like, you kind of like, yeah, so some of it it's Ten Hag brought on himself. Some of it it's like we said about, we said before, right? United is rotten from inside. There's no structure. There's no culture. Uh, if they let go Ten Hag now, I don't think anything will change. What they do have to do is take that group of players who have created problem for the last three, four managers, starting from Mourinho, and just do you, you need to show them their... Just like, throw them off the ship, them, honestly. None of them has done anything for United to be acting like stars, okay? This is uh, not... Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I think they won a Carlin Cup last year, eh? Come on, Carabao Cup. Okay, eh? yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It's shocking, though, honestly. But you know what it is? It's just like, you look at it, and I'm like, yeah, they got the result. That's all that really matters in many ways. But looking at the way they got the result, you're like, oh, I don't know. It does begin to feel like it's the beginning of the end for Ten Hag. Like, they just... It feels like things are falling apart slowly with that team yeah. now. Like, I, I don't know. Like, do you think he'll survive till January? Like, to, to the next transfer window? Like, one month? One and a half, one and a, one and a half months? I think so. I, I don't... Like, I, I think... I don't know what's happening with the whole sale or anything. If uh, the, the the English guy, Sir Radcliffe, or whatever his name is, he's still in. If that's still happening, uh, then they're not going to do any changes, just going to wait on him. If not, uh, they're probably going to... Yeah, they're not going to get rid of him until January, but I don't think they're going to give him more money to spend. Yeah, So they enough. might as well get rid of him. It's just like... Yeah, I don't, I don't see... Uh, United have been unlucky with injuries, but I don't see a quick turnaround for them right no. now. No, this 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 it needs to be I'm, gutted and redone. Yeah, the only way I can see Ten Hag maybe pulling a rabbit out of hat is just going all in on youth players and just players he brought in. Yeah, always start Garnacho, tell Rashford to fuck off. Don't start Bruno on right wing like an idiot. Just oh. put him at ten, keep him at ten. Figure out the right wing somehow. Figure out Malestri. the left back somehow. Yeah. Don't Malassia. put like yeah, yeah. Don't put your like Amrabat there. Put Amrabat in the midfield, and like have a normal midfield without now that Casemiro is injured. And maybe, maybe you can get it together, and maybe like yeah, this way you can bring Hoyland into play a little bit more. But yeah, going as he was going, it's not it's not gonna work. It's just not going to work. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. From this sleepy game, then the next game we're going to talk about it, I think was the game of the weekend, was Brentford yeah. 3, West Ham 2. If this was truly Oof. 
end-to-end attacking, the battle of the two right-wingers cutting in on the left quarters, the battle of Mohamed Kudus for West Ham versus Brian yeah. Bumo. It was a fantastic game. This was the Premier League's perfect advertisement of the weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it was a great game. Um, West Ham, man, frustrating. <laughs> there was a point where there were, um, I think there were 2-1 two, two up. No. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, they were. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were and then they two players got into each other's way. I think it was um, Antonio, Antonio and, and uh, someone I forgot. The thing is, like, both of them had a clear shot at goal. It wasn't like one was really shouldn't have stuck their foot out and the other was clear. Like, they both should have scored and it's just like, it was weird. But yeah, it's so, West Ham are frustrating. And sometimes the quality comes so much from individuals. Yeah. It's either Bowen, Antonio, Paqueta, someone just like does that good cross or gets that run. And then they, they are so disorganized and kind of shit <laughs> the rest of the time. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I just, like, if Bowen isn't dragging them to victory, honestly, like, or the counter-attacking, he just has nothing else, right? Like, as much as I love, uh, what's his name? Uh, I forgot the coach's name now. I skipped What's his name? Uh, Who? Uh, Moise? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, truly, it's like, he's just unable to get away from the counter-attacking game. He's never been able to transfer to a possession-paced game. It's just, like, impossible. Um, but I have to say, Brentford, wow, they look good, like... The thing is, they're just unable to do this consistently, but they they are gonna they're just a truly a solid attacking team to watch. Like it's actually truly enjoyable to watch them. Um, but can we talk about Mohamed Kudus for a second? That yeah. that dude looks legit. Like he truly, I was like, oh man, this guy has the pace, has the work rate, he has the technique, the shooting, the finishing. I was like, oh, this he's in the run for signing of the season if he is able to keep this up. Honestly, like. He's he's gained a lot of radar. Like the fact that he went to West Ham, I'm like, he he could be in any of the top teams, honestly. Uh, he was very good, yeah. Uh, is. again, like top teams just missing out on him. Yeah, but um, I think just West Ham are too too inconsistent for him to make enough of an impact. I think. Yeah, I agree. In, like signing of season, like, yeah, it's a great signing. Um, I also think it's a signing where like. Uh, the big teams kind of slept on. Yeah. I mean, he has some issues, but overall, I think worth it. Um, I think the next game we're talking about, just quickly, is uh, Everton 1, Brighton 1. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you got to at least watch, like, I think two I, comments. I did, yeah. Yeah. Like, the Brighton, listen, we know Deserby likes to chop, chop and change the team, but it, it, I think it's beginning to take a toll. Like, the constant chopping and changing of his team, like, game by game, because sometimes you see... He'll make eight changes every game, seven changes, six changes. The goalie comes out, the core of the team. Like I feel like it's really beginning to take a toll on the team now because they just don't have the fluidity game over a game right now. Yeah, I agree. I honestly like watching them sometimes. Like who are these people? Like you can never tell who's starting, and uh, it's it, it, they, it's not fluid, right? I feel like a lot of. Um, what comes from Brighton in the past few weeks has just been Mitoma or just Lewis Dunk doing Lewis Dunk things. Yeah. And that I don't think that is like sustainable. Uh, and that probably led to a lot of uh, unnecessarily lost points. 
Yeah, I because, agree. Because, like, come on, you, you need to figure out how to have a good cell team uh, and just, you know, go with that cell team. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what about Everton? Uh, they've been picking up points left, right, and center. It's just kind of unexpected, to be honest. I'm like, I... They, they're almost on track to survive at the rate that they've been picking up points because I think it's like... So Everton's at, I think, 11 points in 11 games, a point a game. Like, they, they are actually on the... They're able to survive if they're able to keep this up, like, genuinely. Like, do yeah. we think... Have we changed our minds about Everton or do we still think they're relegation I mean, fodder? Are they, are, are they getting a 12-point deduction? <laughs> oh, that's are, true. Yeah, they're not, they're not staying up. You know but, what's crazy? Uh, if they get yeah. a 12-point deduction, they're at negative one, and they're still only seven points away from safety, even with a 12-point deduction. I, I think they might survive, um, because they, they compared to when we said, like, oh, they're not going to do well, they've improved tremendously. Yeah, um, But let's see how they can keep it up, because yeah. they're very, very shaky grounds, like... They just don't have a lot going for them. No, and I think one or two injuries in key places, and yeah. then that team is done. It's like if Pickford is out, they're fucked completely. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I think the, the next game we're talking about is Count Doku 6, Bournemouth 1. Man, Count Doku just, you know, showing those Jedi. Um, Truly. That was some crazy, like, uh, wow. It was just yeah, unstoppable, man. What and, the fuck? Yeah. I mean, like... I knew this from Euro 2020 when he lighted up for Belgium. I was like, Count. Also, you get to have Count Doku in your team. <laughs> How many people can say that? So, Pep Guardiola, the ball. Pr- okay, yeah, but like, I was... he ripped them apart, right? Like he, com- I mean, yeah. that was that was truly some. That was wing play, like at yeah. the elite yeah. wing play, right? It's like, but Bournemouth. I mean, they're fucked, right? Like they have to fire the yeah. coach. They're this is not working. Tough. Yeah, like they have to get someone. I mean, they need Gary O'Neill back. Honestly, it's like they, <laughs> yeah. they made a huge fuck up. We'll talk about the Gary O'Neill next, but yeah, like you, you don't fire a coach because you lost six one to City, but they're just bad. They're just um, bad, right? Like they, they. The thing is, do you see anything to give you hope with them? I haven't. I have not. I have not. Uh, there's been no just, improvements. They're just bad. Like there's nothing there. Yeah, that's exactly. It. But okay. Well, speaking of City, uh, it, it's sad because. Now with Spurs obviously dropping, um, Arsenal just looking a little shakier. City seems like they're just gonna walk the the league again. Honestly speaking, dude, it's it's very frustrating. Um, but I I kind of feel like that's that's kind of what's gonna happen. Right? It's gonna um, be fucking seven years of this bullshit. He's just gonna keep going and going. And instead, they've replaced him with someone who's ten times more electric. Honestly, I know, right? Ugh. Not like I, I think without Rodri, they're in a very weak position, yeah, and that's their only weakness. But compared to everyone else, their weakness is much smaller. I know, that's just like, they'll unfair. Still st- even without Rodri, they'll st- steamroll everyone in the bottom half of the table, and they'll probably win the, all the games against the rest of the top 10 at home. And they'll probably win like 70% of what's remaining. Yeah, meaning and they'll still just, have a 20-point buffer at the top. Yeah, and just everyone else is like Liverpool is not the 2019-2020 Liverpool where like they would go on like 19-game winning streak. We just, it's still like meshing and it's we don't have that killer team yet. 
Yeah. And we we need more like that team also has a lot of just like um character and we lost it like a lot of those got old and we had to, we had to let them go but there are a lot of character like Henderson, Milner, Firmino, Mane, they're all like fighters and like Fabinho, they're all like been there done that and now we have a bunch of newer guys who have to go there and do that. So it's it's going to get take time. Like I hope we can have a run, but if we can't go on like a 9-10 game winning run, I don't see Liverpool just compete like they will compete but they're not gonna be like close to winning it yeah not, uh, not the way city are playing yeah. right now and arsenal just frustrating uh we can we can talk about it but yeah i think their decision on kai Havertz is gonna come back to bite them in the ass yeah we'll see uh, oh, wait. And then, before then the rest there's there's nothing there's else nobody else right yeah yeah i, I mean let, let's talk about the second to last game was sheffield two wolves one i think the main, I mean, Sheffield, congratulations, pick up another win, even though they still look pretty toothless. I think the main thing to talk about is the winner, the VAR penalty review that was given as a penalty. Okay. A, what is your opinion? Was that a penalty or not? Mm, I thought it was. And he, really? like, I know you'll disagree because it didn't really touch that much, but it was still, uh, I think there was contact. And it, for me, the frustrate it was frustrating to watch the player do that because there's no need to make the tackle. This guy is with his back to the goal. You have your teammate right there as well covering, and you basically can dictate where he go. You have the space to make sure he doesn't like pass or run anywhere. You will. You just there was no need to just swing your foot like that. Okay, but here okay, here's my counter though. He pulls his foot back. Right? We we both agree, right? It's like he's swinging, he sees there's the player and he you know like you have momentum in your foot. Like he almost plants his foot into the ground like Fabio Silva from Wolves yeah. like plants. And so the rest of it is the Sheffield United player's foot meeting Fabio Silva's foot. It's like he's kind of pulled. We saw this last week. I think same thing happened to, I think, was it Wolves Newcastle? It was like a similar, I think it was Wolves Newcastle, where it's like the defender clearly is pulling his foot back or planting it so that he doesn't go through. I just, the ref didn't give it. VAR called it back, wasn't asked for. I'm just like, why are you intervening when... It's just one of those frustrating things. Like, I feel like Gary O'Neill's gotten fucked for the eleventh week in a row by VAR. Like I, I don't know what agenda they have against him. Truly, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I thought it was a penalty, and it's very hard to check to see, like, because it was like there was some contact there, and I, you don't know if like how much it actually like hit, like. How much he felt, right? It's hard to say that in that little yeah, fair slow enough. down. So maybe it was soft, but it was definitely, I, I won't call it the worst VR decision ever. Yeah, fair enough. There have been some bad decisions. I know. The list, honestly, there's not pages of it. You know, we're speaking of VAR, we might as well speak of it, the last game of the, uh, of, the, yeah. of, the, of the week, which was Newcastle 1, Arsenal 0. Honestly, I don't even know where to start because it's been a couple days and I'm still annoyed. All right, let, let's go in order, I think. Let, let yeah. me throw out the incidents, and then you tell me your opinions. Okay, yep. so red card. Uh, Bruno uh, Bruno Gomerich. 
uh, who yeah, swings. Men. Dude, that's the type of like dumb shit Suarez would do. Just like this when no one was looking. Right? Yeah. This is WWE. This is this yeah, is this no, is no, no, no. This is this unex- completely unacceptable, man. It's just a see you next Tuesday move. Because like, he was running behind him, he had quick look, and boom. And then like that is just that's an assault. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is not that's football. A, that's a direct red card, three game suspension. Okay. Like. There's no, like, come on. He didn't even, like... The fact that it's not cold, it's insane. If he got yellow, it would be worse, somehow. Because it was <laughs> this way, they're like, I didn't see it. But then why do we have VAR? You can't punch people in the back of their heads. Apparently, you can now. Like, yeah. it, that's the thing. is like, VAR saw it and said, oh, play on. Like, there's nothing happened. Like, that, that's my question to you. Is like, can you try to find me an angle or a, a mental justification why they didn't say this is literally assault? Like, why didn't they call it back? Can, can you give me an angle for, like, how did they justify not giving him a red card is my question um, to you. I don't, I don't know. That truly does, does not make sense. Okay. Um, All right. The next one is obviously Havertz, the slide tackle, where his trailing foot caught, I think, Dan Byrne. Yeah. Was that a red card in your opinion? I think it was red card, not because of how the contact occurred, but because he was, he just basically jumped off the ground and flew at the guy. So if Havertz was like two millimeters to the left, he could have broken the uh, Dan Burns foot in half. It was just like there's no need to like literally jump off the ground and like fly into it like you're some Spider Man, okay? Yeah. So fair because enough. of that, I think it was a red card. Okay. okay. Not because yeah. of the contact. I think contact was like basically like this part of the top of the foot kind of touched him. So, but just the, that. If you go in both feet off the ground, just flying into someone, that just looked like he wanted to kill him, man. Yeah. I I feel like that should have been... So everyone should be down 10 men. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Bruno should be like, okay, you missed that. But then he had the... Literally, he tried to choke someone out. And then when the referee took out the yellow card, he touched the referee through a tantrum and nothing, man. Like... I thought this was a new thing this year that every time they complain, you give them red, yellow cards. So he should have been out twice. That, that's what I'm saying. Okay, what? Do you feel the refereeing was genuinely even though? Like it felt like no, no. It was uh-huh. like I mean, we all know all the all the refs in that game were in uh, were somewhere else in the world previously mm-hmm. in the week. But yeah. the bias was just unbelievable, right? It's like you are neutral. Like, did you feel like this was a, a like a properly officiated game no it was just it was bad man like we'll get to the goal but it was just the the refereeing was bad the referee let it get out of control he the Newcastle got away with a lot after after the Howard thing they they had a free reign of terror basically (laughs) and then I guess let's let's talk about the goal I mean you had three chances to disallow that goal and okay, so but before we talk about each part okay. of each each incident, overall, overall, but, but and don't give me a reason. Would you have given the goal, like without talking about any of the incidents, considering all three of the incidents? Would you have said yes, this is a goal, or would you have ruled it out? I would not have given that goal. 
Okay, so now let's talk about the incidents. Okay, the first one is the ball out in the corner. Did you think they should have called it out when uh, in the corner when Joe Willock was trying to save it? Okay, so initially I thought they had a, the goal line, you know, the goal line technology that says yes. it's a goal if uh, this and that happens. I thought that extended to that. And I was like, okay, they probably like the, if it went over, it beeped or whatever. Apparently not. Nope. Looking at the, and he, looking at the, uh, the, the frames, it definitely looked out. And here's the frustrating part, because the frames they would show, it was a starting frame where, where it looked really out. And they went two frames forward where it was slightly less out, and they showed that for the majority of the time. I was like, what are you trying to do here? Like, show the show the goal, at it, show the ball when it was the furthest from the line, because it was definitely out. It was out, okay. It was and out so, for sure. It was out, right, okay. So then, you know, people can argue, oh, it's the illusion, it's the angle, it, fine. Okay, so then the next part is the, once he gets the cross in, is the push, shove whatever you want to say from by joe linton on on gabriel okay that's the one that i think everyone is 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 doesn't understand right it doesn't matter how much push or like pressure or whatever force he puts would you call was that a foul or not like the shove by joe linton into gabriel's back with two hands yes 100 percent. it has to be ruled out right like there's no there's no choice like you have to rule it out because he has pushed him. He doesn't let him rise. And then he uses him to elevate and hit it. Like, yep. was there any... Do you find any question in that? No. No, no, no. That's definitely a foul. Okay. And then the second part is, did it hit Jolinton's arm or not? I didn't see that. But we shouldn't even be, like, going that deep in there. Like, it was for sure... Um, right? Because yeah. It doesn't matter. Like afterward, yeah. the last part was offside, and, and they, so they basically said they couldn't determine who it touched last, whether it was Gabriel or Joe Linton. So they couldn't determine if it was offside or not. This is the, my question to you: Is like, how many camera angles do they need to determine this? Like, how did they? It didn't matter because it should have just been a foul against Gabriel onto by Joe Linton against Gabriel, right? It should have just been yeah. ruled out, like finished. Yep. I just don't understand, like. Okay, the, the real question is, how many times do they get to fuck up and no repercussions? Like, we've talked about VAR week. This is, what, game week uh, 11? And we've talked about VAR for 11 weeks with major fuck-ups. I mean, what's here's why, man. There is a whole uh, campaign going about or poor referees, their job is so hard. Look at this, all these players and... Uh, Managers trying to trick them and abuse them and fuck them and you know I don't know you know uh, fuck their wives and still their you know retirement. It's like fuck off, okay? <laughs> Referees always made mistakes, and never has there been this much discussion than this season because the mistakes are so egregious. Taken into account that you have so much help from technology and you look at it and you somehow still get the like. It's like if, if instead of if exams now came with a hints and you could like, no, if the exams are open book and you still kept failing the class every time, it's like, how? How? Right? Just like, how we're not asking fail? for a lot. Okay. Like, yeah. So um, it's not stuff that's up to interpretation. Like, 
before you could say, yeah, it's hard to keep an eye with the naked eye. It's hard to say blah, blah, blah. But this is like unexcusable. And this nothing's happening because the sky is colluding with them. The fucking Gary Neville will be like, oh, no, like, oh, fuck, oh, shut up, Jurgen Klopp, or shut up, Arteta, or whatever. They don't want to, like, they don't want to pay, like, raise attention to this. There's this, the referees should not be going to Saudi Arabia and UAE in a midweek to referee. A, because it's far and you're tired, and B, because government groups in those countries have purchased the English clubs, okay? It's it's not like uh, some guy owns a company, got a bunch of money, now purchased City. No, it's the Sheikh of Abu Dhabi that owns City, and it's the fucking crown family who owns uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Okay, these are not the countries where, you know, there's firewalls and arm's length rules and, you know, everything's transparent. Like, don't put yourself in a position where we have to question whether you got bribed or not. Right? But that's, that's the thing. It's like, they, they've done that, right? It's like, they've explicitly put yeah. it and then they go... The, the truth is, like, you see how many favorable uh, decisions Newcastle specifically have received and Man City, we're not even going to get started. And I'm like... It just seems really fishy, right? It's like there's almost a conspiracy formula. It's like the two teams that are getting the most beneficial teams are the two teams where the referees are going to go officiating. It just seems really fishy. Something fishy is going on almost. But you don't want to say that because there's no... It's just like, why are you putting yourself into this position, Howard Webb? Why didn't you ban your refs from going and officiating elsewhere? That's my question. It's like, why won't you put a stop to this now before it gets worse? We are in a very precarious position now um, because uh, if somehow something breaks that there has been at least attempts from um, the Saudis or UAE to influence the results, we all, people already don't trust football. So then it's, it's going unre- to be worse than culture poly where there's people right now that are convinced that football just is all set up and fake. Yeah. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but there was a whole thing about um, uh, last season that uh, uh, NFL was scripted. And there were a lot of jokes of people getting receiving their scripts and like, oh, shit. So what? I we're know about this. going into that direction and I, I, I'm not, I'm not, Happy about that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, hopefully, hope, hopefully this weekend there's some decent games that we don't have any. Like, here's my hope for this weekend, Big Love, is like we don't talk about VAR. Like that that is my hope. Is like when when we're talking, once he gets out of the mental institution, that we don't have to put Mr. KG back into the mental institution yep. through VAR. Like that is the only it's like, can we just have one weekend where every single game is not determined by VAR? That's the only ask we have, right? I think like it's a pretty low bar if you ask me to be honest. Yep. I don't know. We'll see. Um, regardless, thank you. Shout out to the fans. Um, and shout out to Mr. KG. We, ho- we hope he has a decent recovery from his mental institution. Yeah. <laughs> AKA vacation. Maybe, hopefully, he co- you know, for his mental health, he should just stop following Man United. I feel like that's the actual solution here. I mean, of course, but it's not that easy. I know. It's, that a, is... it's like a toxic ex, you know, that you can't get away from. <laughs> On that note... Thank you, Big Lev. We will see you guys next week.